hello and welcome to Tailor Your Reality, a podcast that promotes balancing logic and emotion to help you create your desired reality. I'm your host, Taylor, and I will be sharing with you my own experience, beliefs, and research in an attempt to inspire others to be more authentically themselves. So if you're interested in self-development, improving your communication skills, exploring spirituality, or even just reconnecting back to nature, this is the podcast for you. For this episode, I'll be discussing the mental and physical practice of grounding yourself. I'll establish what grounding is and why it's a crucial ingredient for manifesting your best reality. I'll share with you some tips on ways you can incorporate grounding into your life. And later, I'm going to share with you a little bit about my personal journey and how grounding has played a big part in that. So stay tuned, be receptive, and enjoy. Before we begin, I'd like to take a moment and practice being mindful. Let's try something new for this mini meditation. I'm going to guide you with a breathing technique I use to help me ground myself. First, you'll breathe in as deeply as you can while I count to five. Next, you'll hold it on the five count. Then you will exhale all the way out on five counts. And lastly, you're gonna hold it again for five counts. Now, as you breathe in, I want you to expand your lungs, fill up your gut, really take that energy in, really stretch out yourself from the inside. Stretch out that rib cage, stretch out that abdomen. And you're gonna hold that. And then as you exhale, feel free to let out a sigh or a grunt or a moan, whatever you got in the tank, all right? Let it out. <laughs> so let's try this a few times. I'm gonna, I'm gonna guide you and I want you to just be open and really explore what your body's capable of, okay? So inhale, one, two, three, four, five, hold, one, two, three, four, five, exhale, one, two, three, four, five, hold, one, two, three, four, five. Right, you ready to do this a few more times? <laughs> Let's inhale. One, two, three, four, five. Hold. One, two, three, four, five. Exhale. One, two, three, four, five. Hold. One, two, three, four, five. One last time. Inhale. One, two, three, four. Five. Hold. One, two, three, four, five. Exhale. One, two, three, four, five. Hold. One, two, three, four, five. Beautiful. Now let's go into our mind's eye and just be present. Imagine two white ropes connected to each of the soles of your feet. These ropes have an anchor on the bottom. Release them. Let them drop deep into the ground below. These anchors keep you connected to Mother Earth, 
no matter where you may wander. Feel yourself deeply rooted into the ground below you. No matter where you go on your journey, you are always free to connect back to Mother Earth. So now that we are feeling more relaxed and hopefully more present, let's get into it and talk about what is grounding. Grounding yourself essentially means to stay connected to the present moment. And we can do this through lots of different ways, which I will get into later in this episode. Spiritually, grounding is essential as it connects your body to the earth and brings balance and inner strength. One of the techniques that I do want to mention is called earthing. This is the technique in which you take the soles of your feet or the palms of your hand and put them directly on the earth, whether it's the ground, the bare ground, (laughs) so the grass, the sand, you get me. Um, You can be up against a tree, you can be going into a body of water, So you are essentially within the Earth's natural energy, which are called electrons. And yeah, you you can release energy that way. You can literally touch the Earth and give your energy to it. It's wild. In fact, as I'm sitting here right now and I'm thinking about grounding, I can feel on the bottom of my feet energy. It almost feels like there's like nerves in the bottom of my feet that are connected to the earth and they're like dancing around. Does that make sense? Like static, but not uncomfortable. And I couldn't do that before I started grounding. I didn't just feel like energy releasing from the bottom of my feet, but I do now. And I've spent a lot of time at the park, in the grass, you know, at the beach, on the sand, truly trying to envision releasing energy that way and also receiving energy that way. In order to do this, we have to release control over others, situations, emotions, and just kind of let the energy flow in its natural course. Signs around grounded may include, but aren't limited to, dizziness, shakiness, weight gain, heart pounding, forgetfulness, excessive daydreaming, sweating, hard time focusing, constantly multitasking, excessively late, overly emotional and sensitive to others, easily overwhelmed, bumping into things, feeling accident prone, spacing out, easily agitated, inability to retain information, and mental or physical tiredness. Now that we have an idea of what grounding is, we should talk about why it's important and also how this is going to improve the quality of your life. Throughout human history, our ancestors spent much of their lives outdoors. We all know about the hunter-gatherers, right? Our ancestors were outside growing their own food, tending to their own livestock, building their own homes. They didn't have vehicles and didn't work in office buildings, right? So they spent a lot of time outdoors and they were connected with nature. 
Nowadays, we don't even hardly exercise outside. We go to a gym to get our exercise. We go to an office for our jobs, or maybe we stay in our homes. Go to a supermarket to pick out our food. And there's a lot of things that have been brought to us in the name of convenience. So it can be difficult to ground if you're not consciously thinking of it. It's something that you have to make time for and make the effort to do. According to the National Library of Medicine, multidisciplinary research has revealed that electrically conductive contact of the human body with the surface of the earth, grounding or earthing, produces intriguing effects on physiologic on physiology and health. Such effects relate to inflammation, immune responses, wound healing, and prevention and treatment of chronic inflammatory and autoimmune diseases. So according to this study, spending time in direct contact with the earth can help heal you. I find that to be pretty amazing. Grounding appears to improve sleep, normalize the day-night cortisol rhythm, reduces pain, reduces stress, shifts the autonomic nervous system from sympathetic to parasympathetic activation, increases heart rate variability, speeds wound healing, and reduces blood viscosity. The reason that I'm sharing this information with you is because I believe that it's true. I would like to note something as a disclaimer. Conditions like chronic fatigue, anxiety, and pain may stem from an underlying medical cause and should be addressed with your doctor. Grounding tools and techniques should not be relied on as a first line of treatment. That being said, I do feel like the world that we live in today often wants to prescribe you a pill or give you a surgery, something that will get you in and out as if you're a car coming to see a mechanic. But I don't think that that's very natural. And I've been extremely blessed, extremely blessed that I didn't have any, that I haven't had any chronic health problems up until now, other than obesity and severe depression. (laughs) Um, and, And I feel like those things I've been able to truly improve with the grounding techniques that I've been doing my hands and my feet are visibly smaller. The swelling's gone down. I feel a lot healthier. I do feel like I'm sleeping better. I feel like I'm bouncing back a lot faster when I take a hit in life because we all take those hits. I don't feel as much stress and I feel like I can relax a lot easier. Like my resting heart rate is a lot lower than it used to be. I'm a lot more calm. So I don't know about this wound healing and reducing blood viscosity. Like these things sound pretty amazing. I don't know. I There is a lot of research available on grounding. If you'd like to do your own and see what you can find out there, there have been studies done on this. But I, I want to point out that a lot of research studies can be unreliable There are studies that are done on pools of people that don't necessarily represent the general public. Not everybody participates in research studies, so they kind of have to take what they can get. No, uh, respectfully, respectfully. (laughs) And you also have to pay attention to who's funding that research study, okay? If we're talking about 
a study on how grounding doesn't actually help heal you, and it was funded by Big Pharma, we should think about what their intentions were with the study, right? So that being said, <laughs> that being said, I think that grounding can improve the quality of life in individuals. I think it slows down your heart rate and it can help you to heal faster and feel more connected to earth, which who doesn't want to feel connected to the planet? We live here. This is our home. So now that you have an idea of what grounding is and why it matters, let's go over some useful grounding techniques. So if grounding is the act of being more present, then grounding techniques are going to be activities and tools that you can do and use in order to help you become more present. So the first grounding technique is breath work. Start with your breathing. Inhale and exhale, control your breath to a slower, steadier rate, and this can lower your heart rate and calm you. I had to go to, well, I didn't have to go, but I chose to go to a funeral yesterday for a family member, and the service was very beautiful. And during part of it, I started to feel the whole room's energy. And I felt like crying, but I didn't want to because I hadn't seen my family in a while and I just wanted to keep myself together and I really wanted to look strong and be present. So I sat there for a moment. I acknowledged that I was feeling this overwhelming energy of wanting to cry, but I decided that I wanted to be present and I just breathed. I sat there and focused on my breathing until that feeling went away. And I'm really glad that I did. <laughs> so another grounding technique is to spend time outdoors. My partner is a big time fisherman. He loves fishing. He loves hiking. He loves camping, all that kind of stuff. And he's been getting me into the outdoors a lot more <laughs> over the last couple years than I did the years before that, believe me, um, I spend a lot more time outdoors now and I love it. I don't necessarily fish myself, but I will go bring a chair and maybe a book and just kind of sit there and relax while he's fishing. It helps me to feel grounded because I'm being present. I'm outside. I'm in nature. You have to watch your step more when you're in present. You have to be more aware of your surroundings. And I enjoy that about being out in nature, connecting to Mother Earth. Another grounding technique is exercising. I went to the gym today and I actually ran a mile. It took me 17 and a half minutes, but that's my current mile time. So it's where I'm, it's where I'm at. I used to, I mean, I used to spend a half an hour on a treadmill and barely hit a mile. So I've come a long way. <laughs> um, but the whole time that I'm on the treadmill running, trying to get to that mile, I have to breathe. I have to focus on my balance, my posture, putting one foot in front of the other, making sure I don't trip and fall and have a horrible, you know, accident on the treadmill and embarrass myself. I'm always so afraid of that, that I'm going to like trip over my own feet. Um, you know, to exercise, you are moving your body. I did back day today. So I'm moving the weights, pushing that stagnant energy out of my back, or at least that's how it feels. <laughs> Gaining strength 
Exercising is an amazing way to stay grounded, to grow inner strength, external strength, and to just connect with your body and be present. I think plants are really good to keep around if you're trying to be more grounded. I actually have a couple little succulents and whatnot in front of my house, and I find that the time I spend out there watering them, nurturing them, pulling weeds, you know, replanting them. One of them has some little baby plants that keep sprouting off the side. So I keep pulling them off and repotting them. And now I've got four of this plant instead of just one. It's pretty cool. It feels grounding to be out there, getting my hands dirty, being in the ground, playing. If It reminds me of my childhood, like my inner child's coming out, being outside, getting dirty, playing I used to do that a lot as a kid, play outside. My mom was really into gardening and whatnot. So whenever I do it, even if it's just quickly watering the plants, it makes me feel like I'm nurturing something besides myself. And I love watching them grow. It's really amazing to me. So, um, and I think this kind of leads into hobbies. That was my next grounding technique. Gardening, just mentioned. But there's also swimming, getting involved in a large body of water, any kind of activity like that. So kayaking, surfing, that sort of thing. Hiking, anything outdoorsy like we mentioned. Biking, activity related to exercise. But there's also flower arranging, knitting, poetry, painting, anything that's artistic. That's also grounding. There was a point when I was deep in my spiritual journey where I had no idea where I was going and I was completely lost and confused and I pushed everybody out and was just trying to go within and I started painting kind of obsessively. I bought a lot of canvases and I got some acrylic paint and some brushes and I just put on a podcast and would sit there and just paint and paint and paint and I had to kind of look up some art off Google for some inspiration because I don't know how to draw. I'm not really that artistic. I would just get an idea. Like I had an idea of a spider I wanted to paint. So I had to look up a good stencil to, to copy. And um, I created this, it looks like a tie dye background. And I just, I sat there for maybe six hours straight and just zoned out and made this painting. And it was so grounding. I had so much on my mind at the time and I didn't know what to do. So I just kind of got lost in some art. Creating something like art, it's just about expressing yourself. And if you're feeling like crap right now, express that crappy feeling. That's, that's, that's the beauty in art is to just let the feeling flow. Sometimes you don't feel good. Sometimes you're not feeling like you're doubting yourself and you're feeling unsure. Paint that. Paint that doubt. You know, if you don't like it, just crumble it up in a bowl afterwards and discard of it. Who cares? Have a moment. Experience something. Anyways, I'm getting uh, <laughs> I'm getting lost in this segment. Um, so the next grounding technique is to create a morning routine. I think this is a very effective one. So start every day with some consistency. When I wake up in the mornings, I hear my cat outside my door <laughs> crying because he wants breakfast. And honestly, that's kind of part of my morning routine. We get up, get the cat some breakfast. I have to get ready. Um, sometimes I go to the gym in the morning, trying to do that more often. I mean, I get up at 5 a.m. anyways. So create 
your little morning routine. Some people like to journal in the morning. Some people get up and make themselves some breakfast, you know, whatever it is, just get that routine and stick to it because having that consistency will pull you out of bed. I can't even tell you how many mornings I've spent just laying in bed, lost, having no clue what to do with my day, no clue what to do with my life. If I didn't have something planned for the day, if I didn't have anything scheduled, I just wouldn't do anything. And so I had to get out of that rut and just create some kind of routine, something to get me moving. Meditation is a wonderful grounding technique. If you're not doing this yet, you should reevaluate your life. (laughs) I'm just half kidding. Um, But really, meditation is wonderful. I know that it can be really difficult to start meditating if you have a very busy mind, right? And um, I want to talk about this for a second. So so here's some techniques for meditating if you struggle with it, okay? I want to let you know a few things. Number one, make it your own. Not everybody can just lay there in a coma and listen to a meditation and then have this come into Jesus moment. That's I don't think that's realistic. I know that that happened to me in the first episode, but I know it's not realistic. It took me a while to get to that point, okay? I have a hard time sitting still. So sometimes when I meditate, I will move around a little bit. Maybe I'll stretch my legs or I'll stretch my shoulders. You know, I kind of just let my body flow with what I'm feeling. I don't try to control it too much. I just kind of go with it. Roll around a little bit. If you prefer to sit up, you prefer to lay down, whatever, whatever makes you comfortable. I also like chanting meditations sometimes. There's a seven-minute chakra meditation. It's linked in my bio on my social media accounts. I don't get any credit for shouting these guys out, but this video is excellent. It's seven-minute chakra tune-up. You can find it on YouTube. You hum or chant each of the vowel sounds associated with the chakras, and you go from the root up to the crown. And I have found this to be extremely effective because as you're meditating, you're focusing on a different part of your body and you're also chanting. I know it can be kind of awkward at first. You don't have to do it with anybody else. You can do it by yourself. But I think it's very effective to focus on listening to the the meditation and also chanting and then trying to visualize the color, Um, you know, focus on those parts of the body. It's, It's enough to keep my brain active so that I can be more present. Because I really, I really struggle to just sit there and do nothing. My mind is overactive. So, you know, try it out. Meditating to ground yourself is extremely effective. Try it in different places. I've meditated at the park. You can meditate at home in the shower. Although I would recommend maybe like sitting in the shower. I don't know. Or in the tub. I don't know. Water's good. <laughs> I've meditated in a group which is really amazing. I love group meditation. So if you have people you can meditate with, or if you have access to a group meditation, check it out. It's amazing feeling the energy of other people around you meditating. It can really help you focus in, try chanting, try stretching, get into it. I think like different yoga poses during meditation could be effective. Do your research and and try different things. Don't just tell yourself, I can't do this because I tried doing this before and didn't work. Also, Another quick thing about meditation, do short meditations. If you don't have the attention span for a 30-minute meditation session, do a 10-minute meditation. I promise you, in time, you'll get to where you want to go. You just have to start with where you're at, okay? 
So two more grounding techniques. I want to mention decluttering your space. Wherever you live, your home is important. It can be very difficult to feel grounded in a space that you're not comfortable in. If you've got a lot of stuff laying everywhere, if there's things in your home that just don't serve you anymore, donate them, clean them up, organize them, put them in storage, you know, do what you got to do. Get the feng shui going in your home. Make it comfortable so that you can relax in your space because it can be very difficult to ground yourself when you're surrounded by dust and clutter and cobwebs and trash and whatever, whatever the situation is. I know I've got cats and so I get, I call them dust nibblers because my cat's name's nibbler. Um, I get these little balls of fuzz around my house and I can't, I don't, I can't ground myself like that. So I have cleaned the floors in my house many times before sitting down to meditate. Cleaning in general is a great way to ground yourself. It's a great way to get connected with your home and a really great way to bring in some positive energy. And the last grounding technique I'd like to touch on is sleep, getting enough sleep. Most healthy adults need at least, you know, six to eight hours of sleep at night to function well. I know for me, it's about seven. When I go to bed at a regular time and get up at a regular time, I feel so much more ready for the day. I feel much more grounded. And please, please do not downplay sleep in your life. I know a lot of you guys don't get enough sleep. You're up late on social media or you're working crazy long hours or you've got kids. So you spend the night trying to make up for that time because you thought, you know, you didn't get any for yourself. And then now you're missing out on sleep. Just cut it all out. (laughs) Get that sleep, okay? Your body needs it. Your body needs it to recharge and stay grounded. Welcome to Wellness Tip, the part of the show where I share with you a wellness tip. This episode's tip is to get more sleep. While you sleep, your body and mind recharge. According to health.gov, Healthy adults require seven hours of good quality sleep per night to function well. Getting enough sleep can help you get sick less often, stay at a healthy weight, lower your risk for serious health problems, reduce stress, improve your mood, help you think more clearly, and help you make better decisions. If you're having trouble sleeping, try getting regular physical activity, avoid screen time right before bed, create a more comfortable sleeping environment, or even try setting a bedtime routine. Making sleep a priority can and will improve your health, your ability to function, and your overall quality of life. I feel extremely grounded right now in my present life, and this was not always the case. I've spent a lot of years either worried about what tomorrow would bring or depressed and and sad over what yesterday didn't bring. And I wasn't living my life either way. I've spent a lot of days in bed unmotivated to get up and do anything. And it didn't really matter what anybody said to me. I could watch the most positive, uplifting, motivational speech and I would have still just got right back in that bed. And I watched a lot of people over the course of my life stop believing in me. They always knew that I had it in me to be great. But I didn't. And because I didn't believe, there's nothing anybody could do or say. 
It has to come from within. That's the cold, hard truth. You have to believe in yourself. I didn't understand that for a long time. And I would get angry and upset if I would hear things like that. Because I just felt like a victim in my life. It took me a while to truly realize that I am just extremely sensitive to energy. Extremely. And I could always feel what other people were feeling. And I would shoot that energy right back to them. And as if it were, like, I thought it was my energy. I wasn't grounded at all. Not even a little bit. And because of that, I just, I was a mess for a long time. I would really take on the character traits and the problems and, you know, the the energy of the people I spent a lot of time with. And unfortunately, I didn't always choose the best people to spend a lot of time with. I didn't know that I did deserve better. I didn't, I didn't know how to find better. I didn't even know how to be better. I, I was like a sponge. I would just take on the energy of whoever was around me. And so when... My ex and I split up. I My life really got turned upside down. <laughs> and it was the first time that I ever was truly tested to see what I was made of on my own. I was, I, I made choices for myself in that time. I, I, want, I went to stay with my family for a couple weeks, but I could tell that I wasn't in a good place and that it was affecting my family. So I made the choice to, to leave before it could, you know, become a problem. Um, not only do I take on the energy of others pretty easily, but I have a huge aura. <laughs> I am a Leo and I don't know, I just, I have big energy. I do. I know this about myself. I, if I want to be the loudest, you know, brightest star in the room, I can be, but I'm realizing that that's not where my power comes from. My power comes from me not really saying anything, but just taking action. Because that's what a true leader does. A leader does not sit around and wait for permission. A leader gets up and does what needs to be done. And that's kind of when I started doing that. I think I I made that choice, like I'm just gonna do what's best. And so I stayed with a friend of mine. I thought I was gonna lose my job. I had I was already losing my apartment, lost my relationship, and I thought I was gonna lose my job. And luckily they, they put me on a leave of absence, so add some time to figure my life out. And the situation with my friend, she started going through her own stuff. So it was kind of like, like I couldn't catch a break, you know, none of us could. This was in 2019. So it was before COVID even happened. So then I got extremely lucky. It was crazy. I was, I remember she had gotten some bad news and I just instinctively got up, went out in the other room, looked on Zillow and I found my current duplex listed. And I was really lucky that I had worked a lot of hours in July. So I had the income on paper to prove that I could afford the rent. And I'm still living here today. I'm this, this house is not, I remember when I first moved in here, I didn't want to come in. Like when I first walked in the door, I felt hesitant. Like I didn't get a good feeling about this place. And now I realize why it's because this is the place that I needed to be so I could get my head right. This, my, my apartment is, is humble. <laughs> She's humble. Um, it's not nearly as nice as the place I was living before, but I'm really grateful at this point. Like everything in my life, the way that it's turned out, I'm just grateful because it all led to me being the person I am now. You know, when I came here, I was very distraught and emotional. Like I hadn't healed from anything and I had to go right back to work, right back to school. 
And I'm an overachiever. So I also went to the gym and I was like, hanging out with my friends again for the first time in forever. And I was really doing me. And I actually managed to lose like 50 pounds. So I was, I was genuinely doing pretty good. But anyways, I wasn't very grounded in my life. I was building, but there was no solid foundation internally to, to build upon. And so when the pandemic started, I just crumbled. I lasted. Actually, it's funny I said crumbled because there was a cookie chain called Crumble that popped up in my neighborhood. And that's when I started gaining a lot of this weight back because I would, <laughs> oh, those cookies, I would get some and eat my feelings. And then I just started putting the weight back on. Um, and around that time, I had met my boyfriend. His name is Tyler. And he was actually a lot more grounded than I was at the time. He really was mastering calming himself down he was really learning how to channel his own energy and he was doing this through exercise and meditation and that's what i was so attracted to him for like he was going through just as much as i was but he was taking much better care of himself and he was doing it effortlessly like it wasn't about looks i was so angry that my ex had broken up with me and had used my weight as an excuse to do that and I just wanted to like prove him wrong and get all skinny and hot, but it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it, it didn't mean anything because when shit hit the fan, I completely caved and put the weight back on. Almost gained it all back. The only thing that stopped me from doing that was the thought of getting back up to 350 pounds. Like, I don't know, it was just like the thought of gaining all of it back. It made me feel like the work I had done in the gym was for nothing. Like if I gained back every single pound I had lost and I, what, why did I waste my time? Tyler, my boyfriend, um, had been working at a kickboxing gym for a little bit. He was an instructor. I got to go to his classes for free. The, his boss didn't care. As long as he was the one teaching it, he didn't care. Now, I don't know if you've ever kickboxed. It's very difficult. It's especially hard to do when you have a big, heavy stomach <laughs> uh, that hangs over your legs a little bit, when you've got a lot of weight on your hips, when you've got a lot of weight on your thighs, when you're carrying a lot of weight in that area. It's difficult to, to get up and just move your legs, but it pushed me mentally. It was the first time in my life that I had ever done exercise that I actually enjoyed. When I started going to this gym and kickboxing, um, there was like, you would go to a station and there was a bag, but it was, um, I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's like a punching bag, but it's not hanging from the ceiling. It's like, it's like on a stand. So you stand in front of it and then he would show you like, you know, you one, two, three, one, two, three, you would punch and kick and do the routine for like, I think it was like 30 seconds or 60 seconds or however long. And then you switch to a different one. And it was so hard. <laughs> it was so physically hard to lift my legs over and over to punch over and over. My body would sweat profusely and I would turn so red and I was like struggling to breathe. And I remember the guy who owned the gym came up to me and he showed me how to breathe. He showed me when to inhale, like, you know, you go to punch, jab, you punch the bag, and then you exhale, whew, the same time as the punch. And then when you pull back, inhale, punch out, you know, exhale. And it showed me how to control my breath 
and how to last long enough. And he would keep repeating that. If you can breathe through the workout, then you don't need water. You don't need anything. As long as you can keep breathing, you can do this workout. And, and I would keep thinking that as I was punching and, you know, lifting my weak, flabby arms, <laughs> kicking with my chubby little legs. I would just keep thinking that if I could breathe, I could get through this workout. And it was the first time in my life that I ever pushed myself, truly, truly, because I had spent so much of my life ashamed. Like the, the version before that of me, she couldn't, she could never have had the courage or the confidence to go do that because I was... Uh, most of the time I was the biggest person there doing these workouts, but I felt so good about myself. And then I would, I would train long enough to, where I got to a point where I went to work out and this athlete started coming out of me. And I remember this one specific time, one of the the women that also came was telling me about a story about some narcissist. And it made me realize that I knew a person in my life who had treated me the same way. And I got so mad because I was like, oh my God, I think so-and-so is a narcissist. So when the workout started, I don't, I think I blacked out. I just beat the crap out of that bag. Like I really threw, there was this energy that woke up in my core and it felt like a fire and I was just throwing it through the punches and I, I got my best score ever and I felt amazing afterwards. It was like this rage that I didn't even know I had inside of me. I got some of it out and that's when I started to actually enjoy fitness because I started to realize how much rage <laughs> inside of me and unfortunately my body wasn't healthy enough to get it all out through exercise. Like that wasn't going to be enough. Just, just doing the kickboxing. I couldn't handle more than like two sessions a week. Um, because people don't take this into account, but when you're pretty obese, like it's exhausting to just get through the day sometimes, depending on whether you're healthy or not. I wasn't healthy. So for me doing an exercise like that, it took me like three, three or four days sometimes to recover from, from one session. So I had to find other things to deal with my rage and I got really into painting. Um, I got I got really into painting and I would let those emotions out. And I got really into journaling. Journaling is an excellent way to ground yourself. What I do sometimes is I would get, I'd go to like the dollar store or something and buy some ridiculous notebook with like a kitten on it. And I would sit at the park. There's a pretty lovely park here in town. It's got a big old pond and there's a lot of ducks there. I'd sit there and I would just start writing how I felt like, Oh, I'm here at the park right now with Tyler and there's a bunch of ducks out and it feels kind of cold. Um, I've been pretty upset lately about, you know, such and such. And then all of a sudden, like if I kept going and I just, I, I wouldn't think about what I was writing. I just wrote anything that came to my mind at all. And I, I just didn't want to take my pen off the paper. I wanted the thoughts to keep flowing. And what ended up happening was eventually I would just start writing the nastiest things, like the meanest, nastiest things would start coming out. And I didn't question it. I just let it flow because I wasn't judging myself. You know, I was just letting myself have a human moment. I let these feelings flow and I realized that I was carrying so much anger from like my teen years or even my childhood. And I, I couldn't be grounded. Like I was, I was so ungrounded because 
there was so much of this immature, hateful, spiteful energy stuck from all the bullying I'd experienced and all the years of living in poverty and, you know, watching my parents struggle. And there was just all this pain and I never dealt with it. I never let it out. So I dedicated two years of my life to exercising. And if I, if I wasn't going to the gym, you know, the kickboxing gym, um, I only did that for maybe like six months, but I did walk a lot at the park. Now I, I go to, a, a, I guess, a regular gym. <laughs> like I, I did a mile today on the elliptical. It took me 17 minutes exactly, where before it would have taken me 30. And I didn't stop the whole time. I just, I just kept going at a comfortable pace. My body being able to handle that now, it's just, it's everything to me. That's what keeps me grounded. It's like, I've, I've done the work to get this far. I can't let anything stop me. So if I have to meditate, I will. If I have to exercise, I will. If I need to paint, if I need to come sit here and record this podcast, I will, whatever it takes. Because being present, I mean, it's a lifestyle. I would genuinely argue that it has never been harder in human history to be present than it is right now. Because there is so much going on and there's so many devices to distract you. There's so much within our culture, within the media, within, I mean, there's history being written right now. It's, it's a pretty wild time to be alive. And so I just really wanted to start sharing my story and, and create something that I'm proud of because I've been working so hard on myself. And I can honestly tell you that I am so much happier now than, I, than I've ever been. And I have, I have a lot of work to do still, but I'm staying grounded. I'm staying present. I'm showing up for myself. I'm doing the work. I'm not just sharing all these tips and tidbits with you guys. I, I do this stuff myself. And I need this, this podcast, this business. I need this in my life because it's keeping me focused. And I really encourage you to try some of this stuff out and to really give it a chance. Give meditating a chance. Give journaling a chance. Give fitness a chance. Give, give all of it. Just give it a chance because you would be absolutely amazed at what you're capable of if you really applied yourself and you really focused and just blocked out all the noise, all the distraction, all the chaos, and you just went within yourself and you just connected back to the earth. And just remember that you're worthy of love. You're worthy of a good life. You're worthy of everything that you're dreaming of. It, you're worthy of all of it, all right? It's not a matter of whether you deserve it or not. It's a matter of can you stay present long enough and do the work long enough to get to that? Can you do it? And you'd probably be pretty surprised by the answer. Let's try some affirmations. Feel free to use these in your daily life and repeat after me. I am present. I am safe. I am deeply rooted to the earth. With each breath, I draw fresh healing energy into my body.
With each exhale, I release stress. I trust that the universe supports me. I am worthy of love, care, and support. I release the need to control and open myself to unknown possibilities. Well, that's the end of the show. Thank you so much for listening to Tailor Your Reality. I hope this episode inspired you to want to be more present and grounded in your life. Be sure to follow me on social media. You can find me on TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram at Tailor Your Reality. Also, if you would like a reading with me, please book a session. I have a website called tailoryourreality.com. You can find me there. I offer 30, 60, and 90-minute intuitive guidance sessions where we let spirit come through. I'll read your energy and guide you towards solutions that are manageable for your lifestyle. Keep looking for what grounding techniques work best for you, and I hope you have a blessed rest of your day.